0: You know, if we, um, if we really believe that, if we really believe that Christmas is about God coming to be with us, then it changes everything. If it's about that and not Santa and not reindeers, not gifts, if it is about God coming to be with us, it changes everything. Everything about our lives, everything about this season, and of course, that's what we believe it is about. We just saw the wonderful celebration by our kids, the retelling of the Christmas story. And and as you see, by the end of the story, everything seems to have turned out pretty well. you got angels singing in the heavens. You have have shepherds that are celebrating. You have magi that are kneeling before the manger, worshiping. It turned out pretty great. But you know, that first Christmas didn't start quite so well. As a matter of fact, last week or a few weeks ago we were asking the question of Joseph, What do you want for Christmas, Joseph? And you remember what his answer was? He said, I want a divorce. That's what the story tells us. Joseph wanted a divorce. He said, This woman that I loved that I was ready to give my life to, obviously she has given herself away to another man. And so I want out. I want to I want to pick up the pieces of my life and, and, and get on with it that I want out. As it turns out, though, that Joseph wasn't the only one that was facing humiliation in that story, was he? There's someone on the other side of that relationship that was also facing humiliation, and Luke is the one who tells us her story. So would you turn with me one more time to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to repeat the story that we heard told so well by our kids as we celebrate Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Luke chapter 1 You'll find it in your pew Bibles. I hope you have something in your hands, something electronic, something written. Page 863. Follow along. Luke chapter 1. We'll begin with verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and, and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, would you appear to us today? Would you speak words to us today, just as you did 2,000 years ago? And may we, like your servant Mary, respond in obedience. For we, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I have no idea how many times I have read the story I just read. Certainly, I've read it for 26, coming on 28, 27 coming on 28 Christmas Eves. And yet, when I was reading it this week, I saw something I've never really noticed before. It comes in verse 39. If you still have your Bibles open, take a look. Verse 39. It says, At that time, this is right after the appearance of the angel, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When you take a look at a map, you will notice that the distance from Nazareth to the hill country of Judea is about a hundred miles. That's a long trip for a young woman to take by herself. A hundred mile journey. And we are told that she hurried to to the hill country of Judea from her city. So here's the simple question. Why did Mary hurry out of Nazareth to make such a journey? Why did she hurry? Why? Because suddenly she was pregnant, right? Suddenly she was pregnant. That baby bump was going to appear. Everyone would know it. Everyone would know that she and Joseph weren't married yet. Everyone would assume that they jumped the gun and her reputation would be destroyed. And since Joseph was very well aware that they had not yet jumped the gun... That meant her relationship with her fiancé was destroyed too, right? So by the time that Mary utters those words that are so famous to Gabriel, by the time she says, Okay, I am a servant of the Lord. I will do as you have said. By the time she got those brave words out of her mouth, Mary knew that her good reputation was history. At the very least, she would be the humiliated laughingstock of her little village. And she would also be perceived by her fiancé as an adulteress. That was her lot. That was the price she would pay for this call upon her. Now, i got to tell you, if I were in Mary's sandals, I might have been tempted to say one more thing to the angel. Listen, Gabriel, I appreciate you telling me this in person. Now, I wonder, would you mind appearing to every other person in Nazareth and tell them the same thing? Because no one's going to believe me. You have just ruined my reputation. You've ruined my life. Why did Mary hurry to Elizabeth's house a hundred miles away? Perhaps because no one would know her there. And she wouldn't have to endure the endless tisk tisk tisks and the points of the hometown crowd. Much less the stones that might be thrown at her by the elders of the village. The people of Nazareth could be a very tough crowd. And she knew it. Of course, Gig Harbor is different. We don't care so much what people say about us in this community, right? In little old Gig Harbor, we don't worry about keeping up appearances, about how others perceive us, right? Reputation isn't as important to us as it was to Mary, right? Right. We've been talking all year together about what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus. For those of you who are visiting us, this matters to us. We've been asking the question, what does it mean to really be a true disciple of Jesus? Not a play actor. There was a word that Jesus used that meant play actor. What is it? Hypocrite. We're asking, we don't want to be a hypocrite. We don't want to be a person that claims to believe one thing on Sunday morning and then goes about their business the rest of the day, the so uh, rest of the week. So we've been asking, what does it mean to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ? And as we learn from Mary this morning, sometimes it means putting your reputation on the line. You see that? I spoke to a man this week who has been trying to take this disciple-making call of Jesus more seriously, which means he wanted to try to talk about the Lord in some way in his work setting. That's not easy to do for any of you who have ever tried that, right? So they were gathered for a big Christmas meal around a huge table at a restaurant. He was on one end... The rest of the crowd was on the other end, and these conversations were taking place around across the table. They were talking at his end about some pretty intense stuff. A guy was going through some marriage issues, and, and they were just talking about what to do, how to solve, how to deal with these issues. And finally, my friend screwed up his courage and said, Well, you know, Jesus said, and he says, The moment I said the word Jesus, the whole table went dead quiet. Everybody on the other end of the table stopped, turned, and was looking right at me. For those of you, any remember the E.F. Hutton commercials? Yeah, that's, he said, that's what it felt like to me. Suddenly, everything stopped, it was dead quiet, and they were asking, who is it that would dare quote the name of Jesus at a dinner party? He, as he was telling me later, he said, you know, I want to be a good witness, a good example for Christ, but I, I'm afraid I don't want to be known as the religious loon, have you ever, have you ever been there? We, we don't want a reputation as that religious loony bird. We want to be well received by those who are around us, we want respect, but every time you try to re- mix religion into the, into the story, especially Christianity, especially the name of Jesus into it, you risk marring your reputation. And, and for those of you who are not yet a follower of Jesus, but you're beginning to pay attention, you're beginning to take him more seriously, your family might think that you're just crazy. I have a physician friend of mine who decided to study the Bible for himself, and he came ultimately to believe that the claims of Jesus were true. And so he decided to follow him, and his entire family thinks that he's lost his mind. In that moment of opportunity, when Gabriel told Mary how God was going to use her, she had a thousand questions swirling around in her brain, but her brave response was this, Okay, I'll do it. Even though it probably means that people will never look at me in the same way again. Have you ever held back from doing what God wants you to do for the same fear? that if you were to really obey Him, if you were to really live your life the way Christ calls you to do, that people would not look at you in the same way? Could it be that God is even now calling you to do something? What would that look like? Is it having the courage to ask that friend to come to Christmas Eve for the first time? Is it having, is it having the courage to, to ask a couple to come with you on Monday night so that you can, you can find out how to better, have a better marriage together? Is it... Is it asking them to come to Christianity Explored to, to grapple with the doubts and the struggles that they face? Is it having the courage when someone says, you know, I'm fighting cancer, I just found out, to say, have the courage to say, could I pray for you? What is it that God might be calling you to do that puts your reputation at risk? Yes, it, it could do that, but it could be that, as it was with Mary, you end up developing a new reputation. reputation as a compassionate and courageous and committed follower of Jesus who really seeks to live on Monday like they claim to live on Sunday morning doesn't the world need more of that there are worse things to be known for than to be a faithful follower of Christ who is trying to live the way Jesus taught us to be to live there are worse things to be known for than that and what would happen if this church said that's who we want to be Reputation is an important thing, but if you are living in obedience to God, if you are living a life as Jesus tells you to live, let me tell you this, you do not need to worry about your reputation. If you are living the way God is calling you to live, God will protect your reputation and He will use you in a powerful way. And so I want to ask you this morning this question. Are you so worried about appearances, about your reputation, that you have managed to hide entirely from others what it is that the Holy Spirit is trying to do in you and through you? And is it time for you to come clean with the world? Mary's response is not a bad one. In fact, I think it's one of the great responses of faith in the Bible. I am a servant of the Lord. I will do what you have said. What would it mean if we sent out this morning 1,300, 1,400 people who said, you know, I'm not going to worry about my reputation. I'm going to answer the question this way. I am a servant of the Lord and I will do what you have said. We need more of those kind of people. And may the Lord give you the strength to be that. Today and tomorrow and this Christmas and into the rest of your life. Let us pray. Lord, we confess it. we want very much to be liked. We want to be respected. We want to be part of the gang. We don't want to be viewed as the religious loony character, kind of pushed off to the side and not taken seriously. We don't want that. And yet, Lord, we watch this young woman who Put everything on the line to be obedient to you and how you have honored her, how you have raised her up. There is no human being that has a greater reputation now than married because as a 14 year old girl, she said, I am a servant of the Lord and I will do what you have said. Lord, this day, this week, may we be those kind of people. We're willing to risk reputation, willing to risk the scorn of some so that we might Speak the truth about what Jesus has done in our lives. Give us that courage, Lord. We can't do it without your strength and your spirit. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.